Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. If you're listening to this on Friday, happy Friday to you. Hopefully, wherever you're listening to this at, the weather is as nice as it's been in Indianapolis. Man, I've been digging it. Sunny, about 60, just lovely outside. I get why all you left coast people dig the left coast. So I feel like I'm stealing something a little bit this week where I've got the weather, not necessarily paying the high prices. It's just a beautiful time. I love the spring, kicking things off. We have an episode today and a conversation. And before I dive into the conversation, I am going to share some perspective to help set the stage. And I know I don't typically do this on Fridays, but I am feeling compelled because passion has taken the wheel and I'm just so damn excited about this topic. So we are talking today to Lucas Kinzer, who is the brand manager at Panini for the new WWE license. So to catch you up to speed, if you're not already aware, Topps had the WWE license for a long time. Okay. So I I just got a sub back this week of some 2014 gold Topps Chrome WWE. And the, the license was predated that. And so it's it's been a while. Panini grabbed that license this year and will be releasing WWE Prism. Now, if you listen to the conversation, there are some dates there that might have not been made public, so make sure you stay tuned and tune in. You might get some information you didn't already know. Um, but this is a big transition. This is The tide is turning a little bit, and this is what happened with another uh, combat sport license with UFC. UFC moved from Tops to Panini. So I have been spending a lot of time, as this is a segment of the hobby that I'm extremely passionate about, I collect in uh, networking with UFC collectors, trying to understand if they can catch me up on the transition from their perspective, what it did for their collecting, the value of the cards in their PCs, and the cost at which they were going out to market to pursue new cards. Now, the hobby boxes uh, pre-orders have dropped without fail. The, the cost of the box is a little bit above my price range. I'm not a big box ripper. I'm just not. I, I just don't like the game. I'm not a, I don't have much gambling in me. So I, what I typically do when these new releases pop is I sit back and wait and got my safe searches up, and I, I try to pick off singles. It's my strategy. That's what I, that's what I always try to do. Now, as the demand increases, obviously the box prices are going to increase. And for some wrestling collectors, they're not used to seeing prices um, as high as these hobby boxes are going for. You pair that with what is happening right now on the modern wrestling card uh, market, and it's probably the biggest growth that this segment of the hobby has seen ever, definitely. Um, I know we're, we've, we talked to Drake. He bought the Roman 15K Super Fractor. That's an all-time high for modern wrestling card. 
and these records are they're going to continue to get broken okay so it's it's just like you're seeing kind of with these modern players and coaches that are breaking these records it's they continue to move up with each uh with each performance the cards will continue to move up in price with each sale it's just how it is right now we need as collectors we need to be okay with that need to be adaptable change is here people are going to come in non-wrestling fans are going to come in and they're going to come in and i talk with lucas about this they're going to come in because prism is that flagship brand from panini so i think from my end you we all have options and we all have decisions to make and i think the biggest feedback that I have for the market as I'm trying to prepare for myself is just be adaptable. I mean, be adaptable. For me, in my collecting journey, being ahead of modern wrestling, and now now I'm not ahead of the Prism release, nobody is, but being ahead of shiny, serial-numbered, scarce wrestling cards is fortunate for me. And it's, it's fortunate for me because I, I've never operated from a place in a position in a market that is so far ahead. And what led me to being far ahead is just passion. It is my own collecting. I bought cards when um, no one else cared, but I cared because I wanted a Brock Lesnar gold refractor in my PC and I wanted an Undertaker. And so just being a fan of wrestling, I think you're rewarded and wrestling collectors have been rewarded if you've been collecting that for a while and I'm certainly not the only one and there are many collectors out there who've been stashing away their stuff much longer than I have but now that I'm entering this new world with Prism am I interested in Prism oh hell yeah of course I am I'm interested in Prism I want to get in the mix I want to get some gold Prisms I want to send them to PSA. I want to grade them. I want to have them and stash them away in my PC. Is this going to be cheap? Absolutely not. But what I'm doing in my approach is to think about the equity that I built in my wrestling card PC and identify opportunities where I can take something that I have in my PC and apply it to uh, a sale and take those funds and then go buy some of these cards that are coming up. We all have different strategies we all are going to be approaching it in a different way. But for me, I'm a singles guy. I'm going to be looking for some of those gold prisms like a lot of my wrestling collector friends out there. I'm just excited. There's so much momentum. It's so much fun. I think Panini is going to do a great job with this release, and I am fired freaking up. So I just talked a lot on the front end, which I don't normally do. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. I've got some words with Lucas Kenzer, who is the brand manager. He's been on the ground floor at Panini for the WWE Prism release, asking him some questions. You might learn a thing or two if you didn't know already, so make sure you tune in. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am really excited for this conversation. I have someone on the brand side. I've got Lucas Kinzer, who works at Panini America. The only times I've done this in the past where I brought someone on from a manufacturer is typically wrestling related, and it is WrestleMania season. And the license is moving over to WWE license is moving over to Panini. And I know there's a lot of buzz going on with the Prism product. So I figured instead of us speculating, talking about it, 
sharing our thoughts and what we're excited for. Why not bring someone on who is directly working on it? So Lucas, welcome to the show. Happy to have you on today. Thank you, Brett. Happy to be here. So maybe before we get started, I think the brand manager role, um, maybe talk a little bit about before we dive into uh, just the WWE product specifically, but just maybe like role responsibility types of things you you work on at Panini. Sure. So uh, got promoted to a brand manager in, I believe, 2018. And uh, basically the role is, you know, you got to come up with all the brands, brand tenants for each of the programs. Uh, build all the checklists, uh, balance out all the autograph memorabilia budgets, kind of determine what the prices we spend on the athletes' auto and auto deals and the memorabilia that we acquire, uh, sign off on the design packets that our design team puts together, and uh, collate the autographs and the memorabilia at the end to make sure that the uh, values spread pretty evenly throughout the product so you don't get like, you know, a box with two cased autographs or a box with two horrible duds, you know, nobody likes that. Well, the case at one city, but not the duds. No, we don't. Now, I obviously we're going to be talking about the WWE license, but um, I know you work on some of the other ones. Um, maybe provide some coverage on what other licenses you're currently uh, working on at Panini. Sure, I'm. Uh, I pretty much do. I do most of the product development work for the UFC license as well as the WNBA license, and uh, I also do a lot of work on the NBA license as well as part of a bigger team. Uh, all, you know, passion projects for me. I've been a UFC fan since the Elite XC days. I uh, started watching WNBA a couple of years ago and, you know, really started really enjoying the product and been a basketball fan for many, many years. And I learned a ton from the guys that I work with as well. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned UFC. Now, preparing for Panini grabbing the WWE license, I have been connecting with a bunch of UFC collectors, UFC collectors that uh, you know, collected during the tops days, moved over to the transition with Panini. You are someone who has worked, I would expect, I don't know if there's similarities or differences with how WWE licenses has moved and stuff you're preparing for. But would you expect just from a collector's perspective, uh, the transition from kind of where UFC was to where UFC is now with Panini would be similar to uh, what's going to be happening with WWE, or or is it uh, dramatically different? I think you're going to see a lot of parallels between the UFC and the WWE products. Uh, I think the collector base, while different, kind of similar, where they're not you know big you know basketball, baseball, football big licenses, but they have very very passionate collectors, and when they find something they really like, they're willing to spend their money on it, which you know, I can definitely appreciate. So, uh, I mean, with me working on the UFC products too, it kind of gives me a you know, I've been doing that for one year before the uh, WWE products kind of gave me a preview of, you know, kind of what to expect. You know, a lot of the stuff that I've been reading on the message boards and whatnot from the WWE collectors are very similar to the things that I heard from the UFC collectors before the first prison launch. You know, too expensive, not on card. I love the previous licensor, you know, but once the product came out, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, hey, these are really nice cards and I'm going to spend my, spend my hard, hard-earned money on these. And I'm hoping that we're going to see the same with WWE. No doubt about it. Um, I think I would love to know just on the UFC side, you can look and you can see like gold McGregor prices and just to the moon type stuff, which is, I don't know, that's the type of thing that I think is fun and is, is exciting. It makes cards more of a chase. People are running to go do box breaks, maybe go to bigger auction houses to try to obtain some of these cards. Was there anything just based on the UFC license moving over to Panini releasing Prism. 
was there anything that like surprised you or were, was it pretty much what you were anticipating and what you were expecting just being someone who's worked uh, at Panini for a while? I thought the prices from the secondary market would go up for the singles. I did not think they would go as, up as much as they did. That definitely did surprise me. Happily surprised though. And it really justified those box prices as well. But uh, that was really the only main surprise. I knew people were going to like the fact that we had a lot of first time signers and a lot of folks that hadn't signed for many years. You know, Kamar Usman, Alexander Volkanovsky, Peter Jan, Jean Weili, uh, Khabib hadn't signed since like 2014, I think. You know, we kind of reintroduced or introduced those autographs into the market, as well as, you know, all the parallel values and whatnot that everyone loves with Prism brands and select brands and things like that. So pretty happy overall with it. And I'm starting to feel this as a uh, collector, wrestling collector, WWE collector. And I'm again, trying to draw a parallel back to UFC. Because Prism is such a premium brand, and it is, I would say right now, if you say, if you say, like, think about a sports card today, Prism's going to be the first product that comes to a lot of people's minds, which is great. And it, I think, brings in new eyeballs and people come in who might not have been a UFC fan, but just be, but because UFC is being released in the Prism product, it catches people's attention and people want to maybe start collecting and then that forces them to go maybe order a pay-per-view, watch it, and then they get into it. Did you find that happening with uh, the, the UFC release, uh, new eyeballs, new people coming in and kind of the, the linchpin of that was the fact that it was being released on a prison product, which is super familiar with for collectors and basketball, football, baseball, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think Prism's definitely kind of developed into the flagship brand for Panini. And I think in order to uh, justify the prices that were on the singles and for the boxes as well, the market had to have expanded. You know, a lot of people that were UFC fans, not necessarily card collectors, probably started collecting cards and vice versa. People that were card collectors and not really big UFC fans probably turned on the TV and watched the first pay-per-view, the first ESPN show. So uh, pretty happy to see that for sure. No doubt. Now, let's move over to WWE. That's the topic at hand. I think obviously passionate fan pace, hardcore audience. To me, I, I remember it was, I think it was either an Instagram story or it was a tweet. And it was like Panini has, you know, got the, the press release went out. And immediately my mind went to Prism, thinking about, you know, gold parallels of some of these legends, thinking about current. And I was like, that's this is cool. I like change. I think this is going to be. Um, an exciting move for wrestling collectors. I think it helped expand a small segment into a, a bigger segment. Maybe like just you, someone who's were at Panini, talk about just like the the obtaining of the license, like how you were involved, like any communication during the process. Like let us, the collectors, know a little bit on the inside about like the work that happened leading up into that point. I will tell you that I wasn't, you know, all the. Acquiring the license, that was all above my pay grade. <laughs> that was my bosses and my boss's bosses and their bosses. But uh, I found out one day I got uh, called into my boss's office, uh, Nick Mativich, he runs our uh, product development department. And he asked me, do you want to do the WWE license? And I think he had the word WW and he was about to say E and I said yes before he even got the rest out. So, I mean, I was kind of a, a lapsed fan. I watched when I was younger. I stopped, at, honestly, after the invasion angle in like March of 01, I believe. And uh, picked it up again after WrestleMania 30 when I heard about The Undertaker losing to Brock and uh, Daniel Bryan's story and been watching ever since. So uh, definitely good. But uh, yeah, just good stuff. Yeah, the uh, 
so the invasion angle, I think a lot, a lot of people dropped. Ironically, though, I just found out that like pay-per-view was like their third highest grossing pay-per-view of all time, which is insane. Everybody tuned in for it. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have cable and didn't really have the pay-per-view money back then. But uh, watching SmackDown was my thing back in the day. That's what SmackDown <laughs> was. Yes, that's what SmackDown was uh, really strong. You look back at some of those rosters and it's like, man, I can't believe it's you take it for granted when it's happening right in front of you. Definitely. Now, let's talk about just like the product, product development. I know there has been kind of the the parallels have been released. Um, Just any information regarding like the product that you want to share that maybe checklist stuff like what people can expect um i'd love to maybe for you to dig in a little bit there well i don't want to give away too much because i would ruin the surprise but uh, <laughs> i will i will tell you that as a collector and as a wrestling fan going through the checklist for the base the inserts the autographs everything this is a product that i will be buying myself i mean it is loaded it's got pretty much everybody who we have rights to who's been a big star past present for wwe is in the product in one form or another and as many of them as we could get autograph deals with, we did. So I think people are going to be very, very pleasantly surprised when the checklist comes out, especially the uh, iconic rivals dual autographs checklist, which has got some very, very valuable cards in it. It's all limited to 25 or less. That's awesome. Now, I know that there are some surprises that you can't probably say now, but I'm just going to throw this out there because the hobby cares about uh, this individual. It, can you share is, is the rock part of this checklist or not? I will say. Breaking news, The Rock is part of the checklist. I won't tell yes! you. Yes! Yay, I Panini! Tell, <laughs> I won't tell you what he's in, but I will tell you he's in there somewhere. You just made a lot of collectors very happy. There's been rampant speculation on if the great one was going to be a part of it or not. How close do you pay attention to like what is happening on uh, in third-party marketplaces right now with just like modern, shiny wrestling cards? I definitely keep track of them. It's part of the job making sure you know the values and whatnot. Uh, I know there was a, uh, I believe it was a Roman Reigns super factor that sold for a pretty high amount recently. There was a, uh, a, uh, the rock tops crumb, I believe it was a gold out of 50 that sold pretty high as well. So there's been an uptick in the market. And I think it's not a coincidence that those are the, the Opticrum cards, you know, just like with Prism, you know, people chasing the shiny people thinking that, you know, when a, a Austin or a rock gold Prism gets pulled by somebody, you know, what's that value going to be? And is it going to lift all the other cards in the market as well that are comparable? So I think it's definitely part of the deal. No doubt. And I think, you know, the card you were referencing was the 2014 uh, Topps Chrome Roman Reigns one of one Super Fractor. And we had the, the uh, Drake who purchased the card on the show to talk a little bit about it. But if you look at it from the context, you know, 15K is what it went for. That's a, that's a lot of money, obviously, to anyone. But if you you, you run that against other markets and what's happening. And then you run that against what, what prism demands, especially in the one of ones golds. Like I think, and I know you can't forecast what's going to happen on the third party, but my perception is like strap in. It's going to be a a wild ride coming ahead. Do you anticipate the, the demand just based on what, you know, the product, how prism has performed in the past wrestling audience? Like, do you expect this product to, to take off and, and grab a lot of attention and interest? I think a lot of people are going to be very pleasantly surprised at what comes out of that product, especially with the cards, the secondary market values, the box values, everything. What, what, it, what excites you the most about just working on this product day to day? Honestly, I mean, I watch the product. I mean, it's one of those things where when you're kind of inundated with the product, you know, every Monday, Tuesday, 
Friday. Yeah, I try to watch NXT UK when I can, but I don't always get to watch that. But I mean, all the pay-per-views and then you're actually, you know, developing the cards for the WWE for Panini. It's, it's awesome. It's as a fan. It's awesome. I think just obviously fan too. I think to me over the last year or so, the thing that's caught my attention the most with the WWE product. And I think a lot of people, and we mentioned him that it reflects that is just, just Roman Reigns and what, what Roman Reigns has become in character story arc. Obviously, this this reign um, he's had and just, you know, I, I mentioned on one of the shows, but the last Saudi show, you know, when his music hit, when he opened the show, you just looked at everyone and it, it gave me that feeling of what Attitude Era guys got in just terms of response and reaction. And so I think WWE for so long has needed this just like monumental, consistent superstar that's kind of waving the flag and carrying it and taking WWE new heights. And I feel like they have that now more than ever with Roman Reigns. I would imagine Roman Reigns just is, is someone that will be a guy that will be featured in this, this prism product. Do you, when you're building and designing these sets, do you much like we see like, you know, in basketball and other sports, the, the major stars and in different inserts and uh, littered throughout the, the product, would we expect like guys like Roman Reigns to have kind of prominent placement with this uh, launch of the prism product with WWE? And definitely all the uh, top male and female superstars, you're going to see them throughout the product, you know, various insert sets, base sets, obviously. If we have autograph deals and the autograph checklists, uh, Color Blast, you know, it's not a deep checklist, but the top folks are all in there. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's funny you mentioned with Roman getting that pop. It's crazy how different, I believe it was 2015 or 2016, his first Rumble win, when just, you know, negative reaction from everybody. The Rock comes out, holds his hand up, people are doing the Rock. Like, man, and that, a lot of people were upset that it was, he was kind of, you know, force fed more or less, but you know, that slow build and that heel turn just, it all paid off. I was a day one shield mark, like day one, loved them all. I just did. I had a connection with them. I just thought their matches with the Wyatts were awesome. Like, and when they splintered off, I loved all the characters, loved them all. And so I was always the guy while Roman was, they were trying to push Roman that when all my friends made fun of me for still liking Roman. So now it's like justification. It's like, oh, you're cheered for Roman now? Like I, I was there a long time ago. So um, I just think that's the fun part about wrestling is just like connection with the characters. And I would imagine like this product is being released, I believe, around the time of WrestleMania. Is there anything more you can add there just in terms of like what when we can expect? I know pre-orders I've seen up. But what we can expect in terms of just like when this might be in our hands to rip? I believe the release date is on a 4-6, so just a few days after WrestleMania. Uh, I believe that's going to hold you know, with supply chain issues. All the card companies are having trouble with this, but we're definitely trying to hold this around WrestleMania. And uh, yeah, as for other things around WrestleMania, that's all more like the marketing team. I'm not really sure exactly what they're all going to do, but I assume they'll have some presence somewhere, maybe around Cowboys Stadium, possibly. I don't know. Makes sense to me, though. No doubt. And can you maybe touch on, I know like, and maybe it's education for me, but uh, with UFC was the prison product, the first product released with for UFC. Yes. So obviously we've seen other uh, UFC Panini products released after that. Can collectors of WWE expect the same type of thing or will it be measured on like kind of the, the success of the product? Like, how do you think about that at Panini? Well, Panini is kind of its own beast. I mean, that you know, the joke is, you know, if we did Panini badminton cards, it would still be a super successful product. No knock on badminton. It's in a different market. But, uh, you know, other programs, they still do very well. But, I mean, 
Prism is its own monster. You know, it's it's going to have you know, very high resale values, very high box values. There'll still be higher box values and higher resale values than everything else. But I mean, you know, the gold Prism ever since, you know, 12, 13 basketball has been, you know, one of the most sought after cards you can get. So we're definitely going to enjoy seeing those secondary market prices go up and uh, see collectors getting valuable stuff. No doubt about it. Um, I think just I'll speak for on behalf of just the wrestling card community. I think I, I guess maybe here's something I, I want to throw your way. You're, you, you mentioned message boards. You mentioned I'm sure you're looking at social media like all of us and what people are saying. Whenever there's change, transition, it, it's difficult for people to handle, especially if they've been collecting one type of product and set forever and now it's gone away. Is there anything that you have like maybe seen or read consistently that's coming from the community that you want to like clear the air up on or anything that people are going hard at that might not be the case? Um, I want to make sure you, you, since you're working directly with the product, you've got a little bit of time to talk, debunk some myths or share anything that might make us happy as collectors. I mean, some of the myths, you know, the, the ones that are pretty obvious. I mean, you know, it's it's Panini. They're they're not they're not going to do a good job. That's no, we're we're going to try. Believe me, we're going to put our best foot forward on this license. You know, um, other stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, certain brands you're not going to see in the future, but we're going to replace them with our own brands, and hopefully, those brands are going to be just well collected by the collectors. That's awesome. Now, I got to ask. I got to ask you before I let you go. There are collectors of people like certain wrestlers, certain people like certain parallels. Like you said, you're going to be someone who's buying into this product. What are you chasing? Who are you collecting? What are you going after? To be honest, I've always been a big Tommaso Ciampa guy. So I'm hoping <laughs> to try to try to put together some Ciampa cards. Uh, and then anything else, nice and pull, I'll just put into my little, uh, my keep pile and uh, hopefully it appreciates over time. I love that. And, and I love Tommaso Ciampa as well. Um, Lucas, thank you so much for the time, man. I think it's important to uh, share someone's voice who's working on this product that we are getting really, really excited about. Um, we got a uh, drop date, although it might change with all the situations, and we found out that uh, The Rock is going to be in there somewhere. So I think a lot of people will be happy. Really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much. No problem. Take care, Brett. Yes, you did hear that The Rock is on that checklist. I'm fired up just by the sentiment and the way it sounded. I think we're going to all be really happy. Sounds like there's a lot of legends, modern, you name it. This Prism release is going to be fun. I'm excited. We got a drop date. Obviously, that is subject to change, but we have some more information on that release. I want to thank Panini. I want to thank Lucas for being on the show, sharing some information. There's a lot of passionate collectors out there that are fired up for this release. I am one of them. I will be sharing more information as we lead up into that release. And then obviously, once it drops, talking about singles, box prices, you name it. You can come to Stacking Slabs to learn more about modern wrestling cards. That is a segment of the hobby that I love. Make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Stacking Slabs next week. Stacking Slabs.